Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, a podcast that steps into alternative education, parenting, and living a funner, fuller family life. I'm Robin, home educator, unschooling mom to two funny, eclectic kids, and we're here to create a space for families to listen, connect, learn from others, and be inspired. Join us every two weeks to hear interviews and tips from experts in learning, education, and parenting, and stories from families that are playing full out in the arena of life and education. World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. I'm Robin Robertson, the founder and creator of this podcast. And I, as always, I truly appreciate you being here and joining me and the community on this journey. So first, I want to give a shout out to those of you who have been leaving reviews. It helps so much, and I truly appreciate it. I appreciate the boost it offers a podcast, but also the reflections that you offer and the inspiration and the feedback as well. So I wanted to read a review before we get into the show here and just to remember to share the goodness um, of this community. So this review is from Jack and Simone. Jack and Simone, I know who you are and I really appreciate you. So much love and respect for what you do. Thank you. Robin, thank you for creating a platform that so many can learn from. As a homeschool father, I love listening to your podcast and adding tools to my toolbox. Absolutely one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you so much, Jack. I truly appreciate it. And if you would like to leave a review like Jack, you can go to iTunes and do so, or Spotify has also offered up ways where you can uh, star rate podcasts as well, and that would be greatly appreciated. In the meantime, there's other ways too that you can offer support and receive support as well. Patreon is another way, patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. There will be a little bit of a difference in restructuring in 2023, but I will continue to offer my live Q&As in my Patreon community, which have been a wonderful benefit and gathering for me and others that are in the community that attend as well. We do that through Zoom once a month, and it's a really ask me anything, share our stories and inspire and encourage each other, whether you are homeschooling, unschooling, or whatever you want to call it, however your learning journey looks, um, it's open to all. So absolutely welcome. And I'm looking forward to seeing new community members as well as well as veterans or I don't want to say old members in the new year too. So enjoy this episode. It's with Leah Bowden, Leah Modern Miss Mason. She has a new book out. It's ready for pre-order. And just so you know, like we talk about, you don't have to follow Charlotte Mason to appreciate this and get the encouragement and insight that she offers. She has years of experience. And as we talk about whether you're doing self-directed learning and unschooling or Charlotte Mason or any other kind of learning, the overlap is continuous. And the shared beliefs and values in childhood and parenting and learning, you know, they are applicable to each of us and to all of us. And it's well worth the read. It's excellent. I encourage you to get the book. And of course, enjoy this episode. Family life, especially when you've added school and learning at home, can get hectic and too often devolves into just making it through the week. 
But we all want much more than that for ourselves, for our spouses, and especially for our kids. Loam's digital family organizer provides magical features to help you manage the chaos. They have an incredibly flexible planner that enables you and your family to establish healthy rhythms and communication. They offer a daily agenda text where you can get group texts with your spouse that highlights the key events and reminders for the day, simple meal planners, chore charts, routine trackers where your kids can walk through their bedtime or morning routines in game board mode, voting. You can invite the entire family to decide what's for dinner or who would win, dad versus a bear. And of course, calendar integrations where you can sync Loam with your existing calendars. And alongside all these features, Loam offers practical inspiration for healthy household rhythms, a curated bank of ideas for shared fun activities, meaningful conversation topics, healthy habits and routines, and intentional downtime together. And you can access this via any browser. Loam also partners with experienced experts and families like yours to highlight compelling household routines that real families actually use. Ideas from these creators are featured in the Inspiration Bank and are also accessible via a public author profile page. See if you can find Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids in there. Loam was built by dads for families like yours. And for a limited time, sign up for Loam and you can secure a forever free account. That's right. Just head to withloam.com slash planner to learn more and sign up. Withloam, L-O-M-E dot com slash planner. Okay. Well, welcome. I have Leah Bowden joining me today. This is the second time Leah has been on the show. Uh, I'm actually really excited because in my hands, I guess if you're not on Patreon, you can't see, but I have a copy, a pre-ordered copy of her new book, Modern Miss Mason. And I love it. I'm very excited. I'm just, I haven't completely finished it yet, but I'm halfway through and I'm nodding my head every time I turn the page. (laughs) I absolutely connect with so much of what uh, you have written. So if you are not familiar with Leah already, she is a mom to four kids. She is otherwise known as Modern Miss Mason. And she has a podcast, she speaks, she coaches, but really the biggest part of Leah's life, apart from being a wife and mother, of course, and homeschooling is sharing the beauty of Charlotte Mason and Charlotte Mason's approach to childhood, motherhood, and education with the world. So welcome. I am happy you're here and um, thank you for being on the show again. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I should take you on tour with me. You can introduce <laughs> me everywhere, Robin. <laughs> absolutely. That should be that, that would, I love yeah, that. I, I would absolutely do that for sure. So just let me know when you need me. It would be fun. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> so maybe for anyone that might be new to you right now as well, maybe you could share a little bit of, about um, how you came into this learning life that you live now. Yeah, well, um, so Robbie mentioned I have four children. Uh, My eldest is 20. She has just flown the nest recently. So I'm fresh. I'm still fresh with that feeling of navigating 
the beginnings of a new season of motherhood where they're beginning to leave and um so it's it's strange I've cried quite a bit and it wasn't it's I was trying to describe to people it's not just crying because they've gone like you you know that's inevitable you want them to go and be independent but I think I've been feeling the emotion of the change you know as a mother so grieving process when they it is it really is and I've had to um this is not answering your question at all but I'm going to say this anyway okay. um I <laughs> we're going off already we'll get there it's I, all good <laughs> I kind of had to give myself permission and I think that's something it's it's strange isn't it every stage of motherhood we come across these things that we can I I find myself saying why didn't anybody tell me mm. how hard this would be or how nuances would be and I I said to someone last week it's a bit like giving birth no one really tells you what it's like (laughs) so (laughs) So if anybody really wants to know what it feels like when your first child leaves just give me a call and I will really tell you (laughs) (laughs) but anyway I have four kids two boys two girls um yeah so 20 years of parenting uh, I've been a, a mother what an amazing privilege that is and we began our learning at home journey um a few years into that um we didn't really know home educating was a, a thing it was legal in the UK until the day i um well i actually discovered home education when i was uh, taking a year out in the states after i graduated from university and that's where i and the story is in the book but that's where the seed of that idea of this is a possibility was kind of dropped into me um, but got married, started to have a family, and the, I enrolled my eldest into um, a, a, like a rece- kindergarten, I guess, that kind of, a, we don't call it that here, but that's what it was really, pre-K. So she was very young, but they still wear a little uniform here. So she was there mm-hmm. all kitted out and with a book bag that was completely empty. And I remember walking down the road with her and just this this flash of kind of, I'm not supposed to do this. This is not our life. This is, I never wanted to do this. And that really began the push into the conversation for my husband and I of what does it look like to take on the whole responsibility of our children's education and then being with us? Um, and what does it look like in this country? And we took some time, both of us were in different places for a while to research and discover and find out what was out there because we knew if we're going to do this we're all in we want to do this wholeheartedly and we're going to go for it and we did um so we uh began our home educating journey when i just had my third baby i mean that's the kind of stuff we do you know like i'm i'm literally fresh from um having my third child and i'm like right come on let's um <laughs> let's let's home educate and i was the typical so zealous enthusiastic I'd done all my reading and got all my sharpened pencils and books and um but even then Robin even at the beginning I never purchased curriculum (laughs) I never know that never I have never purchased curriculum and um some people even within the Charlotte Mason community are like what so here's the caveat I do pay for maths online my kids do like a, a UK online math program so that they kind because they have to do national exams eventually. But apart from that, we have always um, crafted and created our own way of learning. And so, you know, all this is in, is explained in Modern Miss Mason. So 
we just kind of discovered this wonderfully freeing approach to childhood and education. And my framework, I didn't have this framework. So that it, my framework was the the freedom of the UK system and the, and Charlotte Mason's books. And um, even though lots of the advice and blogs and things that were out there then were from the States, right at the beginning, I think it's probably a personality thing, but I knew I've got to find my own way th- with this. It has mm. to reflect who I am, who our family are, what our family values are, and who these children are. You know, I'm still getting to know these little humans in my life. Um, and I haven't looked back since. I, I honestly, I haven't looked back since. And we, um, I can say I'm in, as enthusiastic today about this way of learning as I was back then. I just know a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> little bit I love that. <laughs> she says looking at her array of books on her left like <laughs> reams of books I've been reading but yeah it's it's amazing and incredibly liberating way to 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 raise a family yeah yeah absolutely and you know the interesting thing if you can see actually Leah has like all of her books her bookshelf it's behind messy, her in the sorry it's, it's not messy <laughs> yeah. it actually looks beautiful and very cozy oh, um, and I know you. books are a big part living books and books are a big part of your family's learning life but you know maybe you can also t- talk about see this is the thing as well okay let me go back to something um, you know, our family, we don't follow the Charlotte Mason approach, or I guess what some would think of the Charlotte Mason approach. I say we are more like self-directed and schooling. Mm. But even as I say that, and I know, um, you know, from reading your book and also talking with you before and following you and your, you know, your website and your your social media, there are so many similarities and crossovers in our There's learning so lives. Many. So as yeah. much as we might want to say, oh, I follow Charlotte Mason, I follow unschooling, I follow this, um, there's so many similarities that I find between uh, our family's learning lives, which is really interesting. I agree. But I, it also I hope, yeah. it also brings me back to the idea of, and I think, and I mean, you can let me know this, I, I think also something that you found within Charlotte Mason and her approaches and teaching as well, and you'd said this in the book as well, that what I loved was the idea that it's not about how to do something. It's more about how to be. And that's right. how you find found what you found in your life. And, and is that why you are still enjoying it? Why you still are, you know, you still are like, you're still glowing. <laughs> is Uh-oh. that, is that what it is? <laughs> is it, you know, finding more about how, how we are, how to be instead of all the things that we can do. Absolutely. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, I just did a workshop recently, actually, talk, uh, approaching the whole this whole thing on motherhood, that, uh, that kind of taking it out of the hands of let's learn about education and how to educate our children into let's support and encourage each other and how to do our life in this because ultimately the, our internal work affects the external our external world and also I was talking to these moms that mothers about and also our external environment and how we manage that and run that affects our internal 
mindset and our, you know, our emotions. So it's really important work. And at the beginning of the book, I talk about this concept that I learned from Syrian cooking called NAFAS. Yes, I remember <laughs> And I was sat in the hairdressers one Saturday morning and reading one of my favorite magazines. And they, they, I read this article about the Syrian cooking, which is basically this idea that it's not, you know, you can put all the ingredients together and make the same meal, but there's something that the cook brings to that process and brings to the kitchen or brings to the to the table. And in, in Syria, they call it nafas. And I, I read, I later read a, a New York Times article about the same thing and how it's this kind of, this, it's almost like a, the atmosphere that Charlotte Mason talks about, that it's something you can't, can't get a handle on. But if you immerse yourself in it enough in this idea of this liberation and freedom in education and learning from books and doing the work ourselves, like I, if I just did the past 20 years following teachers' manuals in, in curriculum and ticking off lists, I would have burnt out years ago, Robin. Years ago, I would be exhausted and bored and done, and I'd be looking up school places for my kids. But I had, I chose to, Charlotte Mason says, if mothers could only do for themselves what they do for their children, we would have happier households. <laughs> and she's basically saying, she's not saying go for a manicure, go and get a massage, as nice as that is for some people. Um, she's saying, hey, get into some good reading, go out in nature, look at beautiful art, read poetry, listen to classical music, not because your kids are there, not because you're planning a lesson, but because you are a whole person as well and you are worthy of investing in. And actually, you know, I cannot um, fully bring myself, that, that, that nafas, I can't bring myself to the table of being around my kids and helping facilitate their learning unless I'm in that place as well. And I know the way I'm wired, the way my brain's wired, I can get bored pretty easily. And I'm like, <laughs> let's move on and do something else. So those core things had to be in place for me. And that Charlotte Mason wasn't a mother, but she, she observed motherhood her whole career. She saw the way mothers and teachers and governess interacted with children. And she knew the ones that invested in their intellectual life and their spiritual and emotional life, they the, they were the ones that could fully give themselves to this job of, of, of facilitating children's education. And she saw something brilliant. And so from very early on, I, I took that as uh, wisdom, really, like a mentor saying something great to you and thought, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do this. So that has looked very different. As, as we all know, in different stages of motherhood, when you've got your breastfeeding, you've got toddlers around your ankles, you're teaching a child to read, you know, I, all through those different iterations of my motherhood, it has looked different um, how I approach this. Mm. But I've always done it. So I've always made sure that I stay intellectually alive, that I stay, I stay a reader and a learner and an observer of the world around me. And um, it does, I think, I would say that that has added to the continual burning flame of this is still amazing. And I would, I don't, I wouldn't change this for the world. And yeah, I think it's uh, just um, 
yeah, a wonderful way to raise kids and to, well, even if it's just a little bit of it, even if it's just a glimmer. I was at, my husband works in the education system and I was at one of the schools that he's, um, he, he's not teaching side, he's more pastoral side. So he looks at the character and emotional development of children. It's an, a, an amazing job. And I, I was, at a, uh, I went to him to an event. I went with an event to him, to an, with him to an event, sorry. <laughs> and uh, I was speaking to a principal and she was, she was quite new in the school, but she was saying how that what, her first thing that struck her when she was in this school was the lack of books and children just weren't around books. And she didn't particularly know much about me or what I did, but she was just telling me, she's like, kids need to be around books. They need to see them. They need to see adults interacting with them. And I'm like, yes, they do. And so one of the first things she did as her role as a principal was just get people to donate books, good books. And as you walk in the school, the first thing you see are bookshelves, just bookshelves after bookshelves in, in the foyer full of books that the children are allowed to just take and read and take home or they can put them back if they want. And the first thing she did was initiate the freedom to read and the visual, you know, an environment where they could see that books are part of normal life. I was like, bravo, lady. Yeah. This is yeah. amazing. So it's not just us. You know, I know the, and I felt very, and I was saying to her, look, I want to donate. How can I get more books to you? I can gather books from great people from all over the country um so it's not just us but people know kids need to be around stimulate in a stimulating environment where they feel inspired to do the same things that they see adults doing uh so we've, we've got a job to do haven't we to show yeah, them we do yeah we absolutely do and i think you know i think that is a big part of it is we do, especially as home educating parents, we think about our child and the success of our child and the opportunities we want our child to have or that we don't want them to miss and all the things that we need to do for our child. And we miss that big piece that we are just as much as part of that learning process in life as they are. And I absolutely, you know, if, if mothers can only do for them for themselves what we can do or for ourselves what we can do for our children, that quote, Charlotte yeah. Mason quote is so true. And, you know, I think that's often missed. I think it is talked about more now, but that is often missed, especially when we get into our fears and doubts and worries. And that's a, yeah. such a big part of it. It's a huge part. I think I remember very early on when I started to share a little bit on Periscope. Do you remember that platform? I remember. Um, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And I remember doing this talk, um, which was mother culture versus me time. And it wasn't really like a war, but I was kind of explaining the differences. And I think the, the term me time has become, you know, it's very popular in mother culture. Mm -hmm the mothering world and there's nothing wrong with it i think we need to the the idea is to carve out time to invest in yourself uh, but i think it's almost become this point of when you get to utter exhaustion and burnout then take a weekend off with the girls or do something but mother culture which is a phrase that came out of an article that was written um around in the 1900s I don't think it really actually came from Charlotte Mason, but that phrase has been picked up in the Charlotte Mason community and used quite frequently. And mother culture is tied to um, all this stuff that I talk, you know, all the things that I talk about. And what that is, the difference is that is that having a regular rhythm of investment rather than this exhaustion, you know, end of the day, grabbing for the wine or grabbing for 
I don't know, whatever. That's almost what sometimes feels like I deserve this. Mm. Whereas this continual rhythm of investment, just a little bit here and there, popping in, listening to an audiobook while you're just doing the dishes in the day, or, you know, having some music on in the background, or just going for a little 10 minute walk while, you know, the older children are home with the younger kids, just this little continual investment of, refreshing 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 and um hopefully i think it could help mothers just kind of keep going that little bit more keep that fire burning keep that um that joy in in the work that we're doing rather than waiting till we're at complete burnout and you know i'm sure you you're similar but i meet mothers you know i do coaching and and they're at they're at an end like i I don't know how to go on with this. I, I want my my I want to home educate, but I am absolutely exhausted. And um it's kind of unpicking that and then starting again, starting to but that's why rhythm is important to me. Very important. So maybe we bits. maybe we can back up a little bit then, because I'm thinking if I'm a parent right now who's listening to this conversation. And thinking, okay, well, that's nice. Leah and Robin have been home educating for so many years. Their children are older. Um, You know, they have that perspective now, but I'm in the thick of things right now. I am feeling burnt out. I am, I want to homeschool and and have a beautiful library available for my kids, but I just, you know, getting ready and like, how do I even begin a rhythm or how do we set off and, you know, at a good point in the, in the morning, for example, are there some things? And and I know as well, as I'm talking, sharing this, I know in your book as well, you talk about this in, in some ways, just how we even view children or childhood, reclaiming that in the first place. What would you say to a parent that's listening now? Who's like, that's great at the end maybe or looking back but what about when I'm in the thick of things and I've got those Mm -hmm. toddlers all around me and I want to make sure Mm -hmm. this older one gets their math or reading in or you know well we don't know all of the circumstances that can happen within our lives how what are some things that um, we can either reframe or shift or start within rhythms to to help that parent or mother in that yeah I, I don't know how you feel, but I almost, it doesn't feel that long ago. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I remember it. it's fresh. It's really fresh. I can, just as you were talking, then I can picture myself. We weren't living here. We had a very small house, four kids sat around the table. And I remember I can picture myself like feeding one baby, the toddler kind of playing with some tub of toys on the floor. And I'm, there's a reading lesson going on. And I remember it. I remember that feeling of, is this real? Am I doing this? Have I chosen to do this? And I think that um, in the for the first thing, when you are in in the whatever you want to call it, the thick of it, the trenches, is that you are in it. Like you can't, you have to. You're not going to get out of it. It's not like you're going to escape, but you get through it and you move through with your children, with the life that you have, with the circumstances that you have, and it's finding ways of navigating, finding that joy and that space and that freedom in your life that is real. I think so often we can be in the thick of it and we slide our way through Instagram and see everybody else seems to have a much calmer life, life, but they don't. Yeah, Yeah. they don't. They really don't. We're all the same. We're all dealing with the same (laughs) stuff. 
So I think the first thing is a mindset shift is like, okay, you're not looking for an escape. You're looking for a way through and that these children are going to come with you and you're going to do this together. And so it's looking, I think it's looking at the reality of, of, a, of a few things. And this is, you know, I do probably hours of coaching with somebody who was, who came up with this question, but it's looking at um, environment, you know, is your environment chaotic? Is there anything you can change to just to initially just to calm things around you? Um, three things I always say to people is there, are there things you can automate, delegate or give away? So mm-hmm. automate, delegate and give away. So just to make things a little bit simpler, even before we start talking about rhythm, are there things that you can actually, can you help yourself? Um, you know, simple things as a grocery delivery instead of going out grocery shopping. Um, right. Little simple things like that. So automate, you know, what can I delegate? Am I actually getting the help? Is there help out there that I can get? And I'm not. Is my mother-in-law saying, I'd love to come over once a week, but you're embarrassed because of the mess. Just say yes. Yes, come. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Can you act, say yes to the help? And then what can you give away? I often ask people for this. Are you volunteering somewhere and it's overwhelming? Are you doing too much? Are you trying to create a platform at this time when your kids are little? Maybe it's time to say no and say the brave no. So what can you automate, delegate or give away is a really helpful tool for the mother. And then looking at the rhythm of the day is just, I think how you start the day is very powerful. And whether you're a morning person or not, generally your children are. If they're not morning kids, they'll be awake a bit earlier anyway. Right. <laughs> mine, mine weren't really the five in the morning, jump on the bed kind of kids. But, you know, everybody was up and, up and at them. So I think having just starting with those baby steps of like, what can I bring around the breakfast table? So everybody has to eat. Meals are a great way of gathering. So if everybody's eating then maybe you you know maybe you can eat a little bit earlier or just eat yours first and then and then just read something you know mm-hmm. have one book that's all it has to start with it could be a poem it could be a fable it could be a bit part of a read aloud um maybe another little simple habit could be have it when the when breakfast is getting ready and the children are milling around just to have some music on in the background whatever is familiar to your to your home and your culture whatever is comfortable and joy you know brings happiness sometimes you know classical music it could be gospel music it could be any folk you know it could be anything whatever you're comfortable with and whatever whatever your children recognize as part of your world put a little bit of music on something like that is very stimulating but but not too much you know it's just something that kind of says oh we're starting the day and then just add in you know add something in and if if that works if you've read a poem or a fable or you've you've got a read aloud going and then they're still sat there everybody's still eating add something else in put another little bit in there and just baby steps you know and and i think it's feeling the encouragement of oh yeah that worked this morning that was great it won't work every day there'll be days when there'll be spilt <laughs> cereal and a yeah. child needs a diaper change while you're in the middle of it of course they will just start again the next day and be kind to yourself you know just give yourself yeah. that and i think the beginnings of a home educating life and rhythm is all about giving it a go you know just try you're not going to look like anybody else you've got to read your children read your environment read what your the season of life that you're in 
and give yourself permission to just move through that season and to move within that. Um, I I just think as soon as we can get out of that comparison mindset, it's so freeing. It's Mm. so freeing. Like I know we find the most beautiful connection. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for, you know, for social media, Mm. but you have to be, you have to be pretty strong, don't you? To say, I'm living in my life and I'm okay with that. Like yeah. this is all very beautiful, but I'm going to be fully okay with my real. And uh, and Robin and I are, are saying on this podcast, we're okay with your real as well. We want you to have have your real, do work through your season of life and your reality. I think when you're having children, when there's difficulties in relationships, you're moving house, there's a job change going on, all those things throw a spanner in, don't they? And they all kind of... Yeah. Throw everything up again. But what I have found in my life, we've had tons of things like that, like loss and grieving and change and so many things happen. But those simple rhythms, the the, the small things that I put in place when the children were little, we still do today. Mm. And no matter what goes on, you know, within days of moving house, I was like, okay, we're all eating breakfast. Let me pull that book out. You know, okay, we're all eating lunch. Let's just pull that out. And those were the things that kind of anchored in our homeschool rhythm. And every, I think you can do that. Everyone can do that. Um, you know, and start small and build. I think sometimes we start home, people start homeschooling and you open this, well, you can call it a can of worms, call it whatever you want. You go on the internet, you Google homeschooling California or whatever you want to giggle and it feels like I think it feels like somebody has wheel brought a wheelbarrow of bricks and said there you go build what you want you know you've got this whole and it's like the but it's sometimes especially when there's curriculum choices and pedagogies and philosophies and they dump this whole pile of bricks on your doorstep and go there you go it's all yours you know create a house and it and for me, and what I often say to people I'm coaching is like, just take one brick. Where are you going to put it? What is that one thing you're going to start with? Right. Let's put that in place. One brick at a time. You're going to build this homeschool. And um, get that solid. Put that cement down. Put that in the ground. You know, and whatever it is, knowing your why, knowing, you know, I think philosophies can beautifully blend together. I think there are so many mergings, but knowing your philosophy, knowing what you want for your children, knowing what you, how you see the world of education is important and and get those things in place and build from there. And there's, there's time, you know, I feel like I'm doing so much talking, Robin. <laughs> that's why you're here. <laughs> Not for me to talk. Well, you. that's true. I just feel like I want to, I'm, I'm like, I want to hear from you, but that's not why I'm here, is it? <laughs> I'm used to being on the other side, you see. I know, I know. <laughs> and for me, I'm thinking it's, it's so good because it's also so practical. And I, I know I fall into the trap of, you know, if I look back and think, well, you know, what are some things that I would do differently? I always do too much. And actually, yes. that would be take away, do less. I would have looking take away, back, absolutely. I would have done a lot less, maybe like cut half amount of what we, you know, yeah, I say that a lot. Even. And, you know, it, it, we feel like we always need to add in, but like one thing at a time, keep it simple 
and small. Mm -hmm. I love the analogy of the bricks. This is true. It's like, here you go, especially if you've yeah. never built a brick house before. <laughs> Where That's do you right. even, like the, it can be overwhelming. Where do I start? In the beginning. Yes. yes. And you know, one thing yeah. at a time is important. So I, I, I'm happy you were talking because I think okay, that's good, <laughs> relatable, and it's it's so good. Um, you know, it's one of those things as well that I was going to ask you, <laughs> like, so how does that relate to Charlotte Mason? <laughs> to yeah. the Charlotte Mason approach? <laughs> yeah, and I think it is because I, I think it's the same with any approach, but I think specifically with the Charlotte Mason approach. So, going back to something you said earlier about the the familiarity and that the, the uh, common factors in your family and my family and the things that we see. And we said this last time we spoke, I remember on the podcast, there were so many things that you were like, yeah, that actually I see that in our family. Yeah. And that's probably because of the way I approach the philosophy. So there's a big wide, you know, the homeschooling um, scale, I guess we could say the spectrum of homeschooling is huge. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it is. If you're in school, if you have kids in school and you think of homeschooling, you just think, oh, it's, it's school or homeschooling. But actually the world of homeschooling is is massive. And the approach is even here in our little country here in England, there are just people do it in so many different ways. And then you've got the Charlotte Mason philosophy, which seems incredibly niche, but it's actually a very large world global community. And even within that, the scale of how people approach it and how they facilitate it is, is wildly different. And so, but Charlotte said that, you know, she had these 20 principles, but even from those 20 principles, she said, really, there's just a few, there's a one or two that really embed what she was about. And they were, um, I believe children are born persons, so they're unique and they come into the world capable and able to, to um, connect with the world, to listen and to add their voice. And then secondly, that um, education is the science of relations. So basically relationship, children are, are capable and able to make their own connections if we just stand back and give them a chance. Now, isn't that unschooling? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is right. Yeah. So you can see now I have no issue with, with those because I, I recently had Amy Hughes on my podcast. We talked about how the two uh, really work so beautifully together. And, but yeah, I know maybe even people listening to this will be like, no, it's so different, but the, it's all about the, the, the approach and the, the, you know, the methodology. So maybe within the Charlotte Mason philosophy, there is more of a, some people have more of a scheduled approach and they would have a timetable and they'd have certain subjects they would work through. And, and, and some, you know, again, there's a scale in that. So yeah. there are typically loads of things that when you think when people, if they know a little bit about Charlotte Mason, they will know maybe nature study. Uh, mm -hmm. They might know about living books and they might say something like art. I don't know something like that uh, handicrafts or something yeah but yeah. you know within the philosophy and her methodology there are tons and tons of scope there's loads of subjects and so what happens is people go I want to follow the Charlotte Mason philosophy they'll google it they'll find a program online or, or a curriculum they maybe will read one of Charlotte's books and it feels like a whole um you know wheelbarrow of bricks again yeah. it just feels like a wheelbarrow of bricks like Bang. So what I say, my advice to the to the Charlotte Mason crew 
is um I have a and I'm trying to try and remember this top of my head. I have a I have a reel on this, but I have a four-pronged approach. And it is choose one book, one of her books to read from. Um, so she has six volume six books. I mean, she has loads of books, but six six books on education. So I say choose one of her books to read. And then I say, choose two principles to study. And I would recommend Children Are Born Persons and Education is a Science of Relations. Both those things are outlined in my book. And then I say, um, I think I'd say, choose three methods. That's right. Three methods. So one book, two principles, three of the methods to study. And again, I would look at something like um, narration, and um short lessons and um li- you know living books so three three methods and then i say choose four subjects and that's how i would start mm-hmm. one book two two principles three of the methods and four four subjects and so you might go i'm going to do you know history math language arts and um i geography I have no subjects in my head anymore. So, so that I think that if you're going to start, you know, it's so overwhelming. But if you take that one, two, three, four step approach, it just breaks everything down. I mean, I, this is how I approach my life, Robin. I'm like, simplify everything. Like, if there's a task, break it down. Right. (laughs) Just break it down, break it down. And so that's how I see if anybody's feeling overwhelmed and like, okay, pause. Pause or pivot. I'm always like, pause or pivot. What are you overwhelmed? Yes. Okay. So you either need to change direction or you need to stop and just look at what's going on. And then if it is a case of overwhelm, so so many people will say, I was really interested in the Charlotte Mason philosophy. I started to read about it and I was completely overwhelmed. So just bought a curriculum and you know, just right. I'm following that. Right. And it's because there's so much out there. And so this is, you know not to hark on about the book, but this is why I wanted to write Modern Miss Mason because not, you know, and I know you introduced me as sometimes known as Modern Miss Mason, but it's actually kind of a name for anybody who wants to be around, you know, the community is that um, this is a place where your face can fit. So any, whoever you are, whatever your background, whatever culture you're from, that your face fits this philosophy. And that, you know, Julie Bogart says it, you know, she says, we are all Charlotte Masons. And that really is the essence of of the title of the book is that you, as soon as you open it, I hope people can recognize themselves within it and just see themselves in there. And um, so, so it can fit. And I think then it's breaking it down to, you know, I'm not trying to minimize the philosophy. I'm not trying to de-academicize it, if that's a word. But I'm not trying to take away from what some people see as very important and noble. I'm trying to say, hey, I'm just a mum and I want to make this real for you because I know you're just a mum too. Like, and, you know, again, not minimizing our role, but just saying, let's make it normal again. You know, let's let's bring it down to earth. We're 21st century families with, you know, most of us one income. <laughs> how do we do this? How do we how do does it? How do we understand it? How does it how do we make sense of this world? How do we put these things into practice? And it's all okay. 
And I think that's a big message of mine is like, it's all okay, guys. We're in this together. And I think there was so much I felt at the beginning of my time, I felt overwhelmed by not feeling enough mm-hmm. and not feeling yeah. clever enough, big thing, academic yeah. enough. Oh, huge. Not feeling like I knew the right people or that I had the right, uh, even that I couldn't afford all the stuff and all the books and all the things. And I just want to change that. You know, mm. it, this is for, I mean, even if your kids are in, even if you, you know, your situation is you, 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 in, your household has to work, um, kids are in the local school, but you love all this stuff. There are elements in the book about atmosphere and yes. just reading to your kids at the end of the day. And I just, you know, I don't want to cut kind of add to this narrative of this hierarchy of home education. It's a privileged position to be able to do this. And if your kids are in school, you can still read great books to them. You can still get outside as much as possible. And you can still form an atmosphere in your home that will linger with them forever. Yeah. So oh, hopefully. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> it will reach your home. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, as well, that is what I found with the book. And and I know for anyone listening, it is actually you, you know, don't be fooled by thinking it's only for someone who's following Charlotte Mason and it's not for anyone one else because it's for all of us. And Thank how you. I, you know, I'd said I was nodding my head, like, yes, yes, I actually have parts underlined as well, too. That, and that, is, <laughs> that is what I that's what I read, and um, and that's what I understand as well, is that you know, this is for all of us and you don't have to even follow Charlotte Mason at all. Or maybe this nope. is just your first introduction to Charlotte Mason because it is really universal and it, it's helping us to feel, helping us to understand that we are all in this together and it's not siloed actually. And that we do have the co- common feelings, no matter what, I think many of us feel similar things a lot of the time as well too. So. Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy you wrote it and um, thank you so much. I, I also want to be mindful of your time. Um, we're talking about, uh, you know, rhythms and and things like that. And I know Leah's busy right now too. So um, I think what you said frames it so well. But I would like you to share how anyone listening can get a copy right now. You can pre-order a copy and what else you have for the community, how you support the community. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, just type Modern Miss Mason into your search engine, wherever that takes you, website, Instagram, Facebook. I can, uh, I'm pretty reachable in all those places. Um, I offer a, um, a week, a monthly, not weekly, that would be crazy, monthly workshops. <laughs> um, I do co- mo- uh, monthly workshops are always pay what you can. So it's donation basis. I always want to have something that's accessible to anybody on any, you know, any level. Um, I have uh, one-on-one coaching. Um, I do a, a specific unbox course to kind of help you re- fully understand the Charlotte Mason philosophy. Um, I've got a conference coming up here in England on July the 1st. Details of that will be up very soon. Um, and yeah, just do business speaking and, um, um, you know, writing is a big passion of mine and hopefully I'll be um, having other things out in the world to tell you about quite soon but um yeah come over and say hi i'm mostly hanging out on instagram um that's kind of where i do 
um, mostly daily, just on the stories, if not in the grid post. But um, I would love to to meet you if you've heard it here first on this podcast. I'd love to love to talk to you. And I will have all of the links in the show notes as well, too. So easy access. You can go to the show Thank notes. You. Find Leah there. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time and I always appreciate what you share. And I know everyone listening will as well. So definitely reach out, get in touch with Leah and get her book as well. Modern Miss Mason. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com, or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.